Special thanks to this week's sponsor, TurboDebts. Do you ever feel like no matter how hard you work, you just can't seem to get ahead? Do you live paycheck to paycheck with no money in the bank? And that's what banks want. They want to keep you in debt. They only make money when you're paying interest. Sadly, 70% of Americans die with credit card debt and no money in the bank. But that's where this week's sponsor swoops in to save the day. TurboDebt helps with credit cards, personal loans, payday loans, and medical debt. They will help end the endless cycle of debt so you can start investing in your future. If you have over $10,000 in debt, make sure to head over to TurboDebt.com nerd, and that's nerd in all caps, for a free consultation. It's been a difficult year for everyone. Let TurboDebt work with you towards a debt-free life. Again, that's TurboDebt.com slash capital N-E-R-D for a free consultation. Nerds, it's time to suit up or shut up. Launching badass rockabilly track. ANS protocol is active. Now randomly drawing your Royal Rumble entry. Time to save the world with some wrestling, video games, movies, horror, and more. Launching ANS in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Amazing Nerd Show. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. So Christian, I believe fate and destiny are truly on my side. Last week, I was desperately searching HBO Max, trying to find the Justice League animated series uh, for my daughter to watch. She's been watching uh, Super Friends. I believe it's on Tubi or something. Um, and she loves it. But I was like, I want to show you the real Justice League. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> and she loves the Batman animated series. So I was like, this is perfect if I could just find it. But it wasn't there. Um, but then, lo and behold, today, it, it just broke that it, on HBO Max... The Justice League is showing up February 1st. So I get to introduce my daughter to one of my favorite animated series of all time. And I was thinking this is probably my most like idyllic version of the Justice League. You know, I mean, I can't think of another version of the Justice League that I love more than what we got from this series. No, absolutely. I feel like like for me for a long time, that series was this kind of um, mystical thing that I had to like, you know, sneak and watch at late at night because um, I was... My, I had a bedtime that was cuts off right when that show starts. <laughs> this is another way of you bringing up how much younger you are than me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you take every fucking opportunity, asshole. <laughs> All right, go ahead. You know, I would like try to just sneak and watch the show late at night uh, when no one was around. And like it was a show that like, kind of continued on from my love of Batman into Justice League and kind of like a great way of introducing me to comics in general. So I definitely think I'm glad that you know this is you know people of a younger generation will be able to maybe see this and go forward i think this is great that it's coming to hbo max but you you're right i I can't imagine another team um you know more well synthesized than the animated version of justice league yeah i mean really it is such a great gateway you know for Mm -hmm. younger fans to get into comics i'm sure it like served as that when it first you know debuted um and it can do that now it just got me wondering why hasn't Warner Brothers consulted like Tim and Dini? I mean, like on how to like bottle up that animated series magic and like bring it to the big screen in like live action form. And like maybe they have, but like what they did in that series, the vibe and the tone is what I want out of like a Justice League franchise. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm getting to think like maybe with them bringing or possibly having a sequel to the Batman animated series, maybe they'll start to look more towards 
their older shows and um, stuff that they've already had successes with. I think they'll they'll take what they have and start looking at the past and maybe as more inspiration towards what they can possibly use in the future. Well, I mean, here's to hoping, right? I, if I can say one thing, the one thing I do love about the Justice League animated series was the relationship they had with Batman and Wonder Woman. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to see that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would be something different to see on film, right? Uh-huh. Um, and something that could definitely get explored further, I think. Um, I would love to see them, like, introduce uh, Hawkgirl. Yeah. So she had such a great story and everything. Mm. Um, you know, it's such a cool uh, character and maybe we'll get that with, you know, the whole Black Adam series. We know Hawkman showing up in there. So um, eventually, hopefully we, you know, go down that road, but I don't know. I I'd love to see her like, you know, with the Justice League, you know, because in my mind, Hawkgirl is a big part of the Justice League, even though that isn't always the case in the comic. And then eventually we could introduce Nymph Metal and, you know, change the universe altogether. How dare you bring up metal? <laughs> <laughs> ruined my fucking happy DC place <laughs> I was in. All right, anyway, let's get into the news. All right, but before we move on, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. And while you're at it, give us a five-star review and DM us a screenshot. Not only will we read it on the show, but we'll send you some amazing nerd show swag. Let's get into the news. Every week we collect the biggest headlines and rumors of nerdum. We're not mild-mannered reporters, we're mere podcasters with opinions. All right, first up, a live-action Harry Potter TV series coming to HBO Max. So this story is coming from The Hollywood Reporter. They're saying that talks are in the very, very early stages and that they are currently listening to pitches from various writers on how to bring a live-action series to the streaming service. I mean, with what Disney has accomplished with bringing two of their biggest franchise to the small screen, you know, Star Wars and the MCU, this just feels like a no-brainer and possibly the new model studios might be taking with their, you know, franchises. Now, with me being a muggle and everything, I'm going to turn it over to you, Christian, and um, ask what your pitch would be for a Harry Potter series on HBO Max. All right, well, if I had to pitch a Harry Potter series... Um, to come out I kind of would want them to stay away from Harry Potter and his family because I think the obvious answer would probably be you know we follow Harry's son and his adventures in school but I want to see the American school I feel like that would be the great way of like reintroducing everyone to the world in probably the more modern setting as well if we got to the school that's called um and i i apologize if i'm saying this incorrectly but ilvermorny um where it's pretty much the american version of hogwarts um, i feel like that's like i feel like that's just this whole ground of money and lore there that they could really be pulling from if they like went to america and started showing what you know we were going through during any of those time periods because i mean um, there's Harry Potter has tons of history where it's just like they helped during the Civil uh, not the not the Civil War but um, they helped during World War II and stuff like that like they were involved with Hitler and there was all this stuff in the past plus they could do stuff for during the the new Wizard Wars and stuff like that so so is that something that really wasn't explored much in the oh, books no, they didn't explore America whatsoever. Um, so they just mention it, but they don't actually talk about like any of the stories that like took no, place no. during that time frame. The most we're, we've found out about America now at this point is what they've been showing in the newer movies, where they're kind of in the past, uh, right before like World War One, I, I think is the time span. So I, 
yeah, okay. we're, we're, we're learning slowly, but I, I think like if they wanted a good kickoff point for new fans to come in, I think, you know, showing off a new school, kind of having that like new student that gets to be put in that Harry Potter role, pretty much almost just like starting off like he did and finding their own adventure through that. I think that would be the perfect way to, to bring in a whole new audience to Harry Potter if they wanted to do it. That, that would be my idea. All right, man. Hey, I, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> Just sounds like money to mm. me. I mean, any way you look at it. So. Well, that's what I was expecting I, I her mean, to do with the books. I thought, oh, well, now that Harry Potter's done, she'll focus on another school or do something. But I, I just know how, like, loyal, uh-huh. like, Harry Potter fans are. So I know they would eat it up regardless. <laughs> so it just, once again, it feels like a yes. no-brainer, honestly. But that's not all coming to HBO Max. We also have a Game of Thrones animated series. The Hollywood Reporter uh, broke the news. Uh, I guess they're just like the Harry Potter series. They're in very early stages of development uh, with no concrete talent or concept attached. Um, All we know is the series would reportedly skew adult and uh, be similar in tone as the show which only makes sense. But it looks like HBO Max is really like, you know, trying to lean on mm-hmm. their franchises right now uh, for content, which only yeah. makes sense. Um, do you think that they would retread the actual um, show or do you think they're gonna do something different with the animated series? I would guess that they would probably want to do mm-hmm. something original and different, especially since the, you know, show left such a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Um, I'm guessing they would want to explore a different avenue, you know, um, you know, it'd be all part of that world and everything like that. But maybe, you know, we know that there's other projects in the works right now, so it's kind of hard to pinpoint where they would go or how mm-hmm. much wiggle room they have. But I would love to see them do something like Nightwatch. Oh, yeah, yeah that'd be cool. Um, I mean, I, I agree with you. I would want to see them do something original. But at the same time, I get this idea of like, maybe they could fix a lot of the things that went wrong if they made an animated series. Do they just animate like the last season? <laughs> redo like, it? Redo it? In animation form? You know, it's been 10 better? years since the last book came out, like that he actually released. <laughs> I don't even want to go into that. <laughs> That's a whole different fucking story, man. Like at first I was, I was wondering like, is he just almost like, does he have almost like a version of stage fright where he's worried that he won't be able to stick the landing? You know, like there's that uh-huh. much like anticipation build up at this point. Um, but then after, you know, the way the last season ended up with Game of Thrones, it's like, well, you can't really do anything wrong. Like, you gotta be able to do better than that. <laughs> exactly. I mean, anything, anything different from that will probably be an A. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, he just has to learn uh-huh. from what, you know, they fucked up and, you know do it better exactly i mean if anything that was a test run you know it's like oh they didn't like that okay well let me (laughs) let's just erase that because supposedly they had an idea of where he Uh was going with the story like they had the bullet points so they kind of based you know the last season off of that and you know did their own thing obviously here Uh and there but there's no way this doesn't give him the advantage exactly like you know like oh the audience didn't like that all right well let's scrap that and go this direction and that's what i would want to see in an animated series fix it (laughs) yeah (laughs) finish the book damn it all right (laughs) like there's no way in his version like cersei doesn't get eaten by one of the dragons right like that has to happen (sighs) you would think but maybe he wants it to be unsatisfying 
to piss like piss people off. Well, fuck him then. <laughs> Because that's a bunch uh -huh. of bullshit. <laughs> Dying in each other's arms. Whatever. <laughs> it finished. Oh, well, we, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. I was. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> well, up next, Borderlands cast Kevin Hart in major role. So the comedian will be playing Roland, a uh, character fans of the video game series are more than familiar with. Uh, director Eli Roth noted that the role will showcase a side of Kevin Hart that we've never seen before. Uh, back in May, it was revealed that Kate Blanchett uh, would be playing the character Lilith. So they're far along in the casting process, it seems. Uh, but at this point, there is no release date for the film or even a start date for that matter. So Christian, as our resident gamer, uh, thoughts on the casting, man? I don't know. I'm a little disappointed that Kevin Hart was casted in this role. Um, you know, I, I haven't seen Kevin Hart do anything more on the serious side. So when I'm picturing him taking on this role, I, I don't know. The character kind of gets downgraded in my eyes. Um, you know, it's it, it's just because I haven't seen the performance come from Kevin Hart yet. I, you know, they say most comedians can handle a darker tone, but it's just like, I don't know, man. Every movie I've seen of Kevin Hart's is just kind of the same exact nonsensical character. So I. Do you think it's going to be like one of those things where, like, every time he says something, you're just like waiting uh -huh. for the punchline? <laughs> you know, that's. Because <laughs> I don't know if I could take Kevin Hart exactly. seriously either. And I really. I don't know shit about the game, honestly. But if I'm watching, you know, Kevin Hart in a movie, I'm waiting for the punchline. So for him to be in a serious role, you know, I don't know if this character has more of a comedic tone. To I mean, him. they all kind of have a little bit of a comedic tone to them in general, but it's okay. it's like you you took this tall military type and then you put Kevin Hart in it. No, yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> the fact that you said uh -huh. the word tall, obviously. <laughs> Does not translate exactly, to and that Hart. immediately puts into my mind. Oh, they're going to make the short jokes, and they're going to do all the like you know they're they're because they're doing kind of a flip on the character a little bit. They, I mean, Hollywood has a way of making Tom Cruise not look short. So. Sure, but <laughs> I mean, it's movie magic, man. Half of his <laughs> comedic motif is I'm a short guy, so I. I well, but maybe he doesn't okay. go that route. I, I'll have to <laughs> so, see the performance. I, mean, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm just a little sour on this news in general. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. I mean, it's definitely outside of the box uh -huh. casting. That's for sure. <laughs> and hey, we also got casting news for Sandman. That's right. Netflix has officially set their cast for the series. Um, Tom Sturridge is playing Dream. Gwendolyn Christie is playing Lucifer. Um, I'm going to slaughter some of these names, so I'm going to apologize up front. Um, Vivian Akapong is playing Lucian. Charles Dance is playing Roderick. Uh, Boyd Holbrook is playing Corinthian. Uh, Asim Kodari is playing Abel. And Savine Baskar is playing Kane. And that's your Sandman cast so far. Um, the Sandman books are absolutely legendary, which makes it even more insane that I've never picked up and read any of them. Um, but I think I'm going to change that before the series drops because I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, while I haven't finished Sandman, I definitely think it's great to see that it's actually getting some screen representation. I would love to actually see this book be brought 
to a big screen at some point. So, I mean, I'm also it's awesome to see this casting news. I'm, I'm glad to see that we're getting somewhere further. And I love Gwendolyn Christie. So let's let's get this moving. Well, Damon, it's uh, it's happening again. We have tons of delays. So when we did our most anticipated films of 2021 list a couple weeks back, we discussed how half of the film's release dates were probably going to get changed, uh, you know, because of COVID. And, you know, two weeks later, guess what? That's definitely been the case. Um, so far, this is what we're looking at. Uh, Morbius has been delayed to January 2022. For Christ's sakes, that's a year away. And I absolutely refuse to put it on uh, next year's most anticipated films list. I'm drawing a line in the sand, damn it. So next up, we've got A Quiet Place 2. Uh, that got pushed from March to September 17th. Uh, James Bond No Time to Die has been pushed back to October 8th. Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho will be released now October 22nd. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife will now be coming out November 11th. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong is now coming out March 31st, so that's just a week delay, so that's not too bad. Uh, James Wan's new original horror film, Malignant, uh, is now coming out, or actually this is the first time I even got a release date, it's coming out uh, September 10th. And last but not least, uh, Del Toro's Antlers uh, finally got a new release date, October 29th, just in time for Halloween. So it's definitely going to be a jam-packed, insane fall this year, uh, movie-wise. And, you know, there's going to be a lot more to come, I'm guessing, with these, you know, release date changes. Uh, the big rumor right now is that Black Widow is probably going to end up getting pushed back also. Yeah, I mean, it's something I didn't expect happening, but it's just like now that they're all pushed back into fall, my immediate thought is like the next pushback means that they're all going into next year at this point. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> the fear. I mean, I uh -huh. feel like the bigger films might be safe. But like the smaller films, you know, like uh, Antlers or, you know, Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho, mm -hmm. those are definitely endangered of getting like pushed further down the calendar or even to next year, which is just insane and incredibly frustrating to even think about at this point. Exactly. Because <laughs> I really want to see Antlers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christian, so that pretty much does it for the news. But uh, we got a little trailer this week. Yes, we had Kong versus Godzilla. It's Godzilla. So it looks like from that small amount of footage that we did get in the trailer, I was kind of right. It looks like the main villain probably will be Mecha Godzilla from just a, a small little glimpse we got of uh, a figure in the background that looked just like him. No, I mean, it makes perfect sense, mm -hmm. right? So they, they battle and then, you know, a bigger evil arises and they have to team up to defeat it, right? Exactly. It, it just seems, you know, perfect formula. Uh, just, you know, hopefully it sticks with just the monsters as much as possible. Um, I, I already got that, you know, that kid who who has a connection with Kong. I'm like, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I mean, we're definitely going to get some human interaction. Uh -huh. I mean, it is what it is. Um, I'm just hoping for a lot less than what, you know, the previous films yes. gave us. So, I mean, I just want to see Kong and Godzilla beat the fuck out of each other for a good like hour and a half. And then if you got to have humans, you know, do some fucking exposition, then fine, whatever. But. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just give me more of what we saw in the trailer because it was a great trailer. Mm. 
I mean, I didn't see the last Kong movie <laughs> or the one before that, but I, I was impressed on uh, the look of Kong. Yeah, um, I believe that they had made him taller just because they had this in mind uh, down the road, because mm -hmm. I couldn't tell based off the trailer if he was um, around the same height as Godzilla or not, just based off what we see, because a lot of it was like Godzilla standing in water or like another like got, um, Kong fucking jumping at him half the time. So, I mean, uh, I am curious to see how much taller Godzilla is than him, because he should be. He, either way, he should still be a big monster compared to Kong. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what Kong's going to throw at him. It looked like he had like a fucking uh, axe made out of a tree <laughs> in one scene. Like, once again, I also didn't see the last couple Godzilla films. Um, <laughs> but uh, in this trailer, it made it seem like Godzilla was the villain. I feel like that's that's the, the route that they would normally take, you know, like they make Godzilla the heel. At, but at like, first, I now I, I, I'm just remembering back from your review. Mm hmm. Wasn't Godzilla kind of the hero at the end? Oh of yeah, the last he's movie? he's the hero, one hundred percent. Okay, <laughs> so maybe something's pissed him off or something here. That... Yeah, I mean, like they allude to like, oh, what is Godzilla reacting to? What's getting him to be like this? And it's most likely whatever they're fucking with with um, King Ghidorah's body is probably sending off something. Okay, so, That's... So I like. I just love that. You know, these fucking idiots solution is to unleash another monster uh -huh. into the world. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't fight fire with fire, people. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, that was the big thing about the last movie was um, they unleashed all these monsters because they were trying to restart the world, kind of. Yes, that's what I... <laughs> I remember you say that. I mean, I remember that from the trailer. Like, uh -huh. wait, this, this makes no sense. <laughs> they were starting an apocalypse event and now they're going to release another one? I don't know. Sure, but whatever. I Mad mean, scientists. as long as we get fucking, you know, <laughs> chaos and carnage, uh -huh. I'm down for it. You know, I might actually check this out, so. Yeah, we'll have to see in March. Well, all right, Damon, we both watched more WandaVision this week. That's right, Christian. We are three episodes deep now. Warning spoilers for WandaVision ahead. He was killed by Ultron, wasn't he? What did you say just now? I said, Wanda... You're such a strong lady. Did I say it one more time for good measure? All right, so what were your thoughts on the latest episode? Uh, I thought it was wonderful and just an awesome payoff for all, like, the groundwork that they laid in the first two episodes. Uh, we definitely started to build momentum, and I love that they used, like, Wanda's, like, pregnancy and this whole zany sitcom premise to, like, you know, really... Awaken Vision. Mm -hmm. um, he really starts to connect the dots in this episode, but unfortunately, he gets a little too close, and then there's this like subtle glitch, and it just totally like resets him, like seemingly to square one. I mean, he eventually also notices something's off again while talking to the neighbors, uh, and Wanda starts to get a little spooky uh, in what I think was like the best moment of the show so far. Um, you know, after the twins are born. All of a sudden, she starts to remember, like, her past life, and she starts talking about uh, Pedro. Uh, but, like, when Monica, like, starts to push a little too hard and brings up Ultron, uh, much in the way, like, a therapist would, like, you know, bring up a tragic event to, like, you know, a PTSD victim, Wanda, like, totally just, like, recoils. Um, and finally, like, we get a glimpse behind the curtain uh, as we see, like, the MCU, like, outside of this pocket reality when she, like, pushes Monica completely out. 
I mean, man, fucking Elizabeth Olsen has been so fantastic in this show. I mean, that lullaby scene is just amazing. Uh, she needs to at least get nominated for some, you know, some <laughs> kind of fucking awards. <laughs> but, like, I, I, someone's got to give her a trophy. But I, I think next episode we might slow down a bit. Um, I think we're starting to get into, like, uncharted waters. So, honestly, I have no clue. Because I think, like, besides, like, the mm-hmm. Halloween stuff, like, most of the stuff, like we've seen at this point that we got in those like you know early trailers yes i mean is is the next decade would be um the 80s correct yeah i feel like the the halloween stuff was during the 80s so maybe that's what is the next episode uh yeah i'm not sure where those play uh-huh. so but besides like the halloween stuff and like you know a few shots of them like kind of in like like that full house scenario mm-hmm. um it seems like that's all we got from the trailers so, and I'm not surprised it is, you know, the MCU. They're usually pretty protective about, like, you know, story and everything with their trailers. They don't usually give you too much. Hmm. So, I mean, but I mean, we've got like six episodes left and there's still a lot uh, of ground to cover. Uh, I, I definitely felt like that ending made me hate that I had to wait another week because, <laughs> I mean, just I want to know what's going on in the outside so much. Um, yeah. What was going on um, during the moment where um, Vision was talking to the neighbors outside? Uh, for some reason, for me, that felt a little like, and I'm sure that's what they were going for, but it felt off in a different way where it just like, it felt like they were left too many frames in the shots for some reason, okay. where it, it was like making the tension feel weird for me, um, mm-hmm. like not just out of place almost, where... Um, what was going on inside the house, which just felt like, you know, that was cut fluid and everything. I don't know why everything going on with vision, trying to listen in and talk to the neighbors just seemed like, like out of place to the entire show. No, I see what you're saying. I'm sure that was just all to like build up tension and everything. Um, it only makes sense since he's kind of like, once again, he's connecting a lot of dots. Mm. Um, Hell, we don't even know if this is actually vision. This could be, (laughs) you know, this could be her like projecting him into like reality um for the lack of a better term so like her summoning Mm. him i guess you know out of her memory i guess you know because vision definitely feels off but he's still intelligent enough to like realize okay well this doesn't make any sense i love the way that they played the little glitch when he started to ask her questions they didn't do anything fancy they didn't do any kind of big rewind it's one of those like blink and you miss it type deals where he just like basically restarts the scene um, you know, but without any of the questions, um, um, it makes her feel like she's more in control. Yes. Um, but then I thought it was also interesting, you know, during that lullaby scene where, you know, she's kind of taken aback by her memories of Quicksilver and everything where that kind of like comes out of left field and she starts seeing that song in her native tongue and, you know, the single tear starts rolling down her cheek and everything. It was like, oh my God, what the hell are we about to see? <laughs> I just really love that performance. No, oh, yeah, it makes me excited to see her in like Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness and more projects going forward because I feel like oh, we're we're unlocking like a new version of this character going forward. Like there's a lot more to her than what we got in those previous films. Um, and funny enough, Damon, uh, I was actually comparing her character to the main baddie of um, Doki Doki Literature Club. You know that game you love so much because she seems to be just like Monica and how she's editing the world. (laughs) Jesus, any excuse to plug your fucking stream, huh? (laughs) Any excuse. 
Oh, Lord. All right. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) moving on, Christian. Um, So I know we were speculating before that this is really, you know, all Wanda's doing and that she's created this like, you know, pocket reality for herself, um, you know, because she's just had a complete mental breakdown, um, just overcome with grief. Um, She's had such a tragic life. Um, But what if it's something else? What if it's actually sword like containing her because and trying to keep her like happy because they're like fearful of what could happen if she does have a breakdown um you know what if this is induced actually by sword i mean that's a great theory because that's totally something (laughs) sword or shield at least in the in the bad days would have done (laughs) to someone like wanda you know i mean i guess the only hole in that theory would be like why would monica be trying to trigger those memories Mm -hmm. in her though and wake her up so i I think that's the only i mean because i mean we are assuming that she's working for sword she's obviously you know wearing a necklace with a symbol on it um so i guess that's really the only hole in that theory i guess i'm just trying to figure out a different angle Mm. Um, but from where I'm sitting, it really does seem like Sword is trying to, like, you know, pull her out in some way, you know, um, wearing, you know, the softest of kid gloves, uh, if you will. Well, I mean, like you said earlier, this was only like chapter one. I, w- the rest of the season, there's so many episodes, so much more to still uncover and unlock in the story. No, I agree. I agree. And I'm here for it. Oh, you know what I wanted to bring up was the commercial. This is the first week where I didn't really see the connection mm-hmm. to Wanda's story like I thought the first two commercials had. Um, they brought up like the Hydra soap or whatever they called it, um, which I thought was interesting because they actually had something similar to that on like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, so, I, you know, that was the only connection I really saw with it. But I mean, that feels like, I don't know, a stretch at best. Um, and I didn't really take a mm-hmm. deep dive with this one so i mean did you see any connection like possible connection to like wanda's story i mean or like it got any clues from that beyond what's going on now because it obviously said you know oh you know you know fall asleep and just go into paradise in your own dreamland and that's kind of how the ad kind of starts you know i thought that mm-hmm. was you know to what's happening now but i don't fully know what the rest of the commercial was trying to allude to with the soap Maybe the answer's looking us dead in the face right now. Maybe it is Hydra. Um, you know, maybe they've done something to trigger this in her. Uh, you know, like they saw potential with her powers and abilities that, you know, she could bend reality and this is some kind of experiment. Um, obviously, I mean, what supervillain wouldn't want, you know, to weaponize something like this? Exactly. So, I. Who knows? I feel like that's a big plot point of Wanted is how they're able to just warp reality. I mean, yeah, it could just be something where they're trying to bring Red Skull back through her abilities. I do hope that it's something different and not just Hydra again. But, I, I mean, it's it's an established baddie. It's, it's not the end of the world. I think the much more interesting story is Wanda just, you know, having a major breakdown mm-hmm. and her powers, you know, being triggered, you know. And her having to overcome that and regain her sanity and deal with her grief, you know, head on. No, I agree. I I definitely think that's the better story. Okay, I guess we'll just have to wait and see and uh, find out what happens in the next chapter. Yes, and we'll definitely be back next week with more. Um, So, Damon, you watched a movie this week. That's right. I saw PG Psycho Goreman. Many moons ago... 
a nameless evil was imprisoned in a place far beyond reach. Hurry up! If he were ever to be released, it would spell certain doom for all existence. After unearthing a gem that controls an evil monster looking to destroy the universe, a young girl and her brother use it to make him do their bidding. This was written and directed by Steven Kostansky. So Psycho Goreman feels like a fever dream I had as a 12 year old back in the 90s. This trauma meets E.T. meets Power Rangers mashup is ridiculous, irreverent, and just a whole lot of freaking fun. So in this film, we're introduced to Mimi and Luke. Um, they're both siblings and they accidentally unleash an evil alien overlord who has been banished and entombed in Earth for millions of years. Mimi, who's the younger of the siblings, but definitely in charge. I mean, think Lucy from Peanuts, but a much bigger psychopath. Um, but anyway, Mimi realizes that the amulet that she found with the alien gives her power over him. And that's when hijinks ensues. Mimi treats him like a pet. Um, she renames him Psycho Gorman, or PG for short. And this proud, bloodthirsty warrior is begrudgingly at this little girl's every whim. It quickly becomes clear that Mimi is a bit of a monster herself, um, especially the way she treats her brother and family. But when Gorman's uh, friends and foes catch wind of his return, both him and Mimi learn a lesson about love and friendship. Kind of. So watching this film felt like rediscovering some long forgotten B-movie classic. It takes so many like awesome 90s tropes and serves it up in like a wonderful slice of nostalgia. I mean, from rubber suit monsters to over the top cheesy gore. I mean, to the whole motif of like kids befriending an alien and, you know, learning this important life lesson. It's all there and it's glorious. I mean, films like Mac and Me or Star Kid were once upon a time a dime a dozen. Psycho Gorman takes that premise and twists it and gives you probably, you know, a more realistic, entertaining take on what would happen in that situation. Um, this is a film that knows its audience. It's self-aware and it hits all the right notes for any 80s slash 90s kid. Mimi played by Nita Josie Hanna. I mean, really steals the show. She's as every bit as terrifying as PG. Um, the ridiculous dialogue is just super quotable as Gorman gives uh, Pinhead a run for his money when it comes to Shakespearean threats of dismemberment. Uh, the special effects are much more guar than Savini, but that works for this film. And the soundtrack is just pitch perfect from the obligatory like hard rock montage scene to the hip hop title track at the end credits. I mean, it's everything that you would expect from a 90s soundtrack. So, I mean, if you miss the days of rubber suit aliens and are looking for a tongue in cheek, absolutely absurd, bloody good time, PG Psycho Goreman is the film for you. Well, all right, Damon, what grade would you give this? So I'm gonna give this film a B plus. This won't be many people's cup of tea, but that's their problem. Um, if you're a gorehound from the 80s and 90s, you should be more than satisfied. Definitely go ahead and check out uh, PG Psycho Goreman. It's currently playing on VOD. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. It's time for Christian's Corner. Yeah! 
Alright, so this week, while one of the biggest stories has been Reddit sticking it to the man and making the GameStop stock skyrocket through the roof, the one thing that I want to talk about in gaming is Resident Evil Village, or as some are calling it, you know, Resident Evil 8. Last week, we were treated to a first look of gameplay in which I did live reactions for, and you can still catch on our YouTube right now. Um, and honestly, outside of the stunning graphics, I didn't feel like the showcase did a great job of showing off the game. Um, I was left thinking this actually might be smaller than Resident Evil 7. But the one thing they did to prove me wrong was they released a PS5 demo. Uh, now, I don't have a PS5, and as a big Resident Evil fan, I checked out fellow content creators who did get a chance to play it. And now I can say I'm even more excited for this game. Um, this genuinely looks like a major step up from Resident Evil 7, which was already a great game, but now the team has you know, worked with the engine long enough to really make some of the most stunning and disturbing visuals yet. I mean, gameplay looks so photorealistic and honestly jaw-dropping, let alone our new lead villain if you know what I'm saying. In the demo, we were introduced to a character named The Maiden, who simply has to escape the mansion. Um, but at every turn, there are either large amounts of gore or a monster there to kill you. Um, similar to PT, you cannot fight back as you seemingly attempt to run from this human blood factory for these vampires that live there. The concept of these most likely viral vampires already excites me as I'd like to know how their like lore blends into the Resident Evil franchise. While the demo itself is short, it teases the possible scale of this game looking like a bigger mansion than the original Resident Evil, and definitely a larger scale as compared to Resident Evil 7. Ethan is surely in for one hell of a time when the game is released May 7th. A demo is to be released on more platforms this spring before the game's release, and I also speculate that there will be demo updates as we saw before Resident Evil 7's release with their demo. Um, it had several changes before the final release of the game. Um, overall, this is something I'm excited to you know get my hands on, and you will be able to check out my playthrough of it on Twitch when the demo is available on other platforms as I'm still waiting for a later time to pick up a PS5. And of course, on May 7th, I'll be playing the game, struggling with the basic puzzles for your enjoyment. Make sure to check us out on twitch.com slash amazingnerdshow, where we live stream every weekend with additional streaming days coming soon. Um, this weekend, I continue to do my like retro play of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, and I'll also be continuing Scott Pilgrim. Um, check out our stream Twitter page for updates. Um, that's at AmazingNerdLive. Now let's move on to some wrestling. Both on the apron. Both the foot oh. over the top rope. Oscar Ford. Oscar's going to WrestleMania. So with Royal Rumble taking place this weekend, the road to WrestleMania is upon us once again. But before we get into our predictions for the winner this year, Christian, what are some of your favorite Royal Rumble moments? Um, I mean, starting off, I would have to say, you know, because I'm such a big Kofi fan, it's always been what I call the Kofi spots where he saves himself in every single Royal Rumble, which made me so disappointed last year when Brock Lesnar just threw him out. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've, about that. Um, I've always enjoyed his performances in every single Royal Rumble. I would have loved to have seen him win one at some point, but I, I doubt that's going to happen anytime soon, at least. And then there was the year that Asuka and Nakamura won, which like took me completely by surprise. 
um, that two of my like favorite wrestlers at that time were actually winning a Royal Rumble. Now, did, <laughs> did, did they actually go and do anything great uh, with them? I was going to say, what was the payoff to that, Christian? <laughs> I can't look at the payoff. I'm looking at Royal Rumble. You know what happened there? Yes. At, for that moment, it yes. was it was great. I was super happy. I think I was the happiest I've ever been at a Royal Rumble. Um, and then lastly, I'm, I'm going to say Edge's return. Um, I thought that was a magical moment. Great to see him finally actually return to the wrestling ring, even though we thought you know he was pretty much dead to it. No, I agree. Edge's surprise return was a huge moment. Uh, I also have to put up there AJ's debut. You know, yes. and to the day, WWE was you know the Rumble, which I mean, just such a great moment. Uh, I love Ric Flair's, you know, title win in 92 when, you know, they actually entered him at the number three spot, even though he was a heel at the time. You know, he truly, like, earned that win. Um, you know, also the, the the match itself was just this fun trip down memory lane um, as it, like, featured, like, some of the biggest stars of that generation. Uh, I also love the Hogan Warrior moment that, you know, uh, comes with the 90 Rumble uh, where they come like face to face at the time. And it's like just complete foreshadowing for what we were going to get at Mania that year. Um, I just remember like just the electricity I felt as like a young kid watching that. (laughs) It was just mind blowing to see like two of your like big heroes come face to face like that. It was something that was just unimaginable at the time. Um, also, there's Brett and Luger's uh, tie 94 because I desperately didn't want Luger to fucking win. So I was happy <laughs> that Brett still had a chance, you know, to win the title at Mania. There's just so many like fantastic Rumble moments. It's hard to list them all, honestly. Um, I love everything they did with the first women's Rumble. You know, that ma- yes. that whole match is filled with, you know, just amazing moments. So, um, you know, I. I've got to say, unfortunately, this is probably one of like, I mean, I definitely have to include, you know, the first ever women's Royal Rumble match. I love that entire match. I thought it was filled with so many fantastic moments. Uh, You know, I hope they are able to recapture that, you know, magic again this year. Uh, But yeah, no, I mean, speaking of this year, Christian. Yes. (laughs) What are your predictions uh, for the men's and the women's Rumble match? Who do you think is walking away with a ticket to the main event at WrestleMania? If I had to give a wild dark horse, I would love to see Nakamura win. (laughs) (laughs) A very wild mark. I (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would love it, too. That's just a dream, Christian. That's not mm. that's not a prediction because that's not oh, really going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you um, think is really going to win the Royal Rumble? I mean, I, I would love for Nakamura to win. Don't get me wrong. But I just don't foresee that happening again. I mean, there's been tons of speculation for Bray Wyatt, um, but I don't see that happening at all. Yeah. I guess it would come down to uh, I, maybe an Orton or an Edge. But I, I don't know. I think what's going to happen with Bray is he's probably going to return at the Rumble. He'll probably Mm. cost, you know, Randy the match. I mean, maybe Randy is, you know, one of the final four and then Bray comes out and eliminates him. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Bray doesn't even have to be in the match. He could just show up, you know, and basically scare him out of his boots. Um, You know, I, I could see that happening. But as for, like, Bray, like, he doesn't need a Rumble win. It makes no sense for him as a character Mm -hmm. right now, you know. Especially since his main, you know, mission right now is 
is Orton. So, um, as far as Edge, um, I could definitely see that, especially after the promo he cut uh, on Raw, talking about how much he needed this mm-hmm. um, to get back what he didn't lose. Um, it feels like, you know, the progression of his story, you know, with his return. Uh, he still has a lot of unfinished business with Orton also. So I could see a situation where he ends up eliminating Orton. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it feels like he definitely laid the groundwork for a Rumble win, though, with everything he said in his promo. I'm just surprised that they didn't keep his entry as a secret, though. Yeah, you you would think that would have been like another big moment for them to just have him show up. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, Daniel Bryan on SmackDown, he's been talking about the Rumble a lot. I feel like he's one of the biggest baby faces the company has right mm-hmm. now. Um, and I feel like Roman desperately needs someone to face off and who yes. better than the underdog against the big dog. Um, you know, you could hear Cole, you know, say that over and over again oh, <laughs> <laughs> in the build up to mania. Uh-huh. Um, so it only, it just feels like the natural progression of, you know, Roman's story and Daniel Bryan's story, since it doesn't seem like, you know, he, his career is going to last much longer, at least in the WWE, um, you know, between the ropes. Uh, you know, he's already talked about like this being his last run. So why not give him one more run on the top, you know, and, you know, let him go out, you know, in big fashion. Uh, I mean, I agree. I, I feel like it would be a good way to finally get reward people that wanted Brian to win mm-hmm. all those years back uh, when it didn't fucking happen. Yeah. But- <laughs> What, what was that, Batista's year? Yeah. Uh, yeah, God. <laughs> there was a couple times. There was a couple times uh-huh. where that, the, same, the same scenario played out. So <laughs> there was that time where Roman won and they had yes. The Rock even come out and like mm-hmm. help him, expecting that that would turn the crowd and the crowd still booed him anyway. Um, and you could tell how uncomfortable The Rock was the entire time. So <laughs> uh, do we get any like big surprise entrance this year? I honestly have no clue, Damon. Um, I mean, maybe maybe Tommy Dreamer. Who knows? Tommy like, Dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there's always you know you know those wrestlers from the past uh-huh. that they bring back, and not to you know downgrade Tommy Dreamer. I was thinking more like bigger names, but I mean, Dreamer I think has an impact contract right now. But I, I'm pretty. I, Obviously, impact's pretty flexible. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> he's not gonna he's not gonna squint his eyes at betraying an impact contract. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I could see maybe like a Cena show up. Yes, I feel like you know it's a strong possibility you'll see him at WrestleMania this year. So I mean, could he end up winning the fucking Royal Rumble and facing off against Roman? Who knows? Could he be like uh, Plan One B? After, hmm. like, The Rock kind of, you know, <laughs> flat out said no already. I mean, it would be like superhero versus supervillain at that point. Well, um, this would be a nice, you know, passing of the torch moment, too, between Cena uh-huh. and, you know, Roman. He puts Roman over the right way. I know he kind of did that once before, but now I feel like, you know, Roman's, like, fully formed at the top yes. of his game. <laughs> so, um, you know, he's literally, you know, the, the top. He's the face of the company. You know, at this point, so it could be interesting. 
since they um, really have no one else to go against Roman. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, and then I also could see a scenario where, you know, Daniel Bryan ends up winning the Elimination Chamber, so he faces off against Roman, and you have maybe, like, John Cena go after Drew McIntyre. I don't... Do I want to see John Cena versus Drew McIntyre? No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is definitely the most, like, unpredictable the Rumble's been in a while. Yes. And that's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> it's just due to, like, poor booking, I feel uh, like. Because um, I feel like it's anyone's game at this point. Like, anyone could, you know, walk away as, you know, the winner, and I wouldn't necessarily be surprised. Uh, let's move on to the Women's Rumble. So, But um, for the record, yes, you're saying Edge or Randy Orton? Yeah, I'm sticking. I'm sticking there. I feel oh, like yeah. that's a safe. Yeah, way to take a bet. stand there. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say Daniel Bryan then. I'll say Daniel Bryan. All right. Yeah, but I could see Edge being a strong possibility too. All right. So Christian, what about the Women's Royal Rumble? Um, I honestly feel like it might be booked very similar to last year. Like I am already picturing it's gonna be Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss going a long distance in this match together. Again, that's kind of what my mind has already created. I definitely think we'll get moments with um, Lacey Evans and Ric Flair interfering. Um, but I think I think it might be Charlotte uh, winning the Royal Rumble this year. I just, I mean, they would be crazy enough to do it and let yeah. Charlotte win twice. Um, I feel like they're going to go with new blood. I think they're going to end up uh, pulling up Rhea Ripley and, you know, she'll end up winning the Rumble. She'll be like the surprise entrance at like number 30 or something like that. Um, and she'll end up, you know, facing off maybe against Charlotte at WrestleMania and get that rematch and finally like revent and finally get like, you know, vengeance for that loss. You see, I, I like your booking idea. I just I don't think they're going to end up going with Rhea as the winner. Yeah. Um, well, we shall yeah. see, Christian. <laughs> do, uh, do you have any big surprise entrance for this Rumble? Well, it's, I mean, it's crazy because there's only like 12 entrants right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't feel like the women's roster is big enough. So I feel like mm -hmm. everyone who's on, you know, the roster, NXT and WWE are going to be like, you know, part of the Rumble <laughs> just because that's math. Um, yes. <laughs> they might have a few former superstars like sprinkled in here and there. Um, I'm sure you'll get like a Trish Stratus. I would love to see Victoria um, make a return. Yes. It's been too long since we've seen her in, you know, the WWE. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think you're going to get many, like, big surprises when it comes to, like, names from the past. Because I feel like they've done almost everyone at this yes. point <laughs> the last two Rumbles, right? Uh, maybe perhaps Melina or something since she was on the... Uh, and the that's, they actually were teasing thing. that she signed a contract hmm. um, a while back. Or at least there was a rumor. Do we see, you know, Becky come back? Is it too soon? Like she, I mean, she gave birth, what, like two months ago? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I feel like she will want to stay with her kid for maybe a full year. <laughs> if she can. You never but know. I know. I mean, it's going to be very convincing. Yeah. So um, what about Ronda? Ronda Rousey is definitely someone I can see showing up. Um, I would be pretty upset if she were to win. <laughs> I think if That's she for shows sure. up, she wins. <laughs> Honestly, she's a big enough name where I feel like they would definitely like have her win and go against, you know, whoever the champ is at, at Mania. 
And then we all lose. <laughs> I don't have a problem with Rhonda. I, I, I can go. I'm back and forth. You know, um, why I, have I, you soured on Rhonda so much? I don't know. I don't know if I've just bought into her hating on the fans or or what. But. You are such a fucking Mark Christian. Jesus <laughs> Christ. What are you, 13? <laughs> I just, I don't know. I'm not, I wasn't into her run um, too that's, much afterwards. So it's that's, just, that's fine. That's uh-huh. fine. But like, come on, man. She's working you. Jesus yeah, Christ. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it has nothing to do with her ability or anything like that. She's a great athlete, but I just, I would rather it be someone who is like around every day, like a Bianca Belair, you know, someone I know is going to be here you know, six months from now, I don't know if Rhonda's going to be staying with the company or anything like that. So who who knows? Yeah, I feel like Rhonda's a huge name. If they do get her back, uh, you know, she would definitely be winning the Rumble and she would definitely be main eventing, you know, WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they might save that for when, like, the crowds are back. And I know they're supposed to have, like, uh, up to, like, 10,000, I believe, in the audience uh, for Mania this year. Oh, yeah. Um, but or or even fifteen maybe. But uh, anyway, I feel like they'll wait to like next year's Rumble to bring back Ronda if they can. Um, speaking of MMA stars, I was figuring maybe McGregor could pop up from the men's one if he wanted to. <laughs> he just got his ass whooped, man. He can't even move his leg. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> now Everyone can throwing, take a bump. Now you're just throwing <laughs> shit against the wall. <laughs> You know, I am really just throwing things at the wall because I, I honestly, like you said earlier, this is the most like unlike booked thing yet as far as rumbles go like this. I, I feel like we said this last year, too, where it's just like we have no idea where they're going with this at this point. We have no like end game in sight for mania. So it's just like I, I don't I just don't know. I'm hoping something happens and it's good, hopefully, you know, but I do agree that. You know, there's definitely a lack of direction this year. Yes. You know, it's unfortunate because I like both champions on both brands. Um, but there is a serious lack of opponents for them right now. Yes. Um, you know, I don't count Goldberg. I God, I, I hope that's not a mistake, but <laughs> I feel like he's a one and done type deal. I feel like Miz will cash in and he'll be the one who ends up like, you know, getting you know, pinned in the match, like Drew will pin and him and Goldberg will team up against him. Some something fucking stupid like that. Um, and then, you know, for Roman, it's a great storyline, but you know, at no point during this feud with like Kevin Owens, do I feel like Roman's in like any serious jeopardy of losing the title? No, oh, exactly. I feel like after rumble, that storyline's going to be done. Yes. And, you know, who's Roman going to face off against? So, and I feel like that's where Daniel Bryan's going to come and play, but that also could happen like, you know, through the elimination chamber. So we'll see. All right. Well, with that said, that does it for this week. That's right. And as a friendly reminder, if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, remember to subscribe, rate, and give us a five-star review. Exactly. It sure does help an independent podcast like ours continue to grow. And while you're at it, make sure to tell a friend. Plus, if you like any of the stories we talked about on this week's episode, make sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to catch the full articles, trailers, memes, and more. 
That's right, you can follow us at Amazing Nerd Show on all social media platforms. And hey, if you're looking for extra content, make sure to catch our streams every weekend on Twitch, plus YouTube videos Monday through Friday. Want to support the show further? You can head over to tpublic.com and get yourself some Amazing Nerd Show merch. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, and more. And if you post what you bought and tag us on social media, we'll send you some additional nerd swag if you live in the United States. All right, David, what are we talking about next week? Next week, we're going to be reviewing the film The Little Things, starring Denzel Washington. All right, and next week, we'll see if our predictions come true when we review the Royal Rumble. My name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that was The Amazing Nerd Show. Review the starting the belt. They're proclaiming the real world champion. I'm going to tell you all with a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. And this is the only title in the wrestling world that makes you number one.